1: At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas carinante Welcome to the Inks Go Yard Podcast. The only podcast that gets you Bronx Bombed on a weekday afternoon. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. The Yankees and Padres have exchanged names, and a Juan Soto Trade Package. That means it's done, right? Well, no, but it does mean it's time for us to exchange some names. We'll be A.J. Preller and Brian Cashman. We'll have a little negotiation today. We'll see how we get there to the finish line. Plus, Jordan Montgomery's got a new home. It's not New York, and he hasn't even signed yet, but he ain't coming here. The Yankees have saved number 18 for Yoshinobu Yamamoto, but does he want it? And Luis Severino goes to Flushing Queens because, of course, he does. What an extremely Luis Severino thing to do. We also extend our heartfelt sympathies on the passing of Henry Kissinger. No, we don't. But why did the Yankees do that this morning? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your softy podcasts that dare to make jokes about Donald Trump. Uh, you can't possibly laugh at one of the two people running for president, folks, without being a softy. But you can find us on all those podcast apps as well as YouTube. Spotify rap dropped this week. We had somebody drop by to say we were his favorite podcast of the year, and, and uh, we were his you know, Very top nice. of all listeners. So shout out to you, Johnny Bats, for sending us that message. If any of you out there have us on your Spotify or app, shout out to you as well. Please let us know, of course. Uh, and then if you have us in your bottom five as the suckiest podcast, uh, let us know that as well. I don't think Wrapped offers that. Yeah. No. Um, Thomas Caranonte, welcome to the show. You've got a special offer, a sponsor offer, of course, as you always do, before we roll right into it. Yeah, baby.
3: When do I not? Uh, what's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Uh, in case you haven't heard, Yanks o Yard is partnering with Sleeper Daily Fantasy to give you new users a first deposit match up to $100. Make sure to use our code FANSIDED2, that's the number two, when signing up to receive your deposit match. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Scan the QR code on the screen to see if you qualify. It's as easy as that. We're streamlining this process. You don't even have to go to a website or anything. You just hit the QR code. Um Man, where, do you want to be Preller or uh, Cashman? How do we do this? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've watched Preller interviews yet to, I guess, do an impression. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is wild here. Uh, I don't. Li- I think we should probably first talk about the report that came out um, from Brendan Cuddy yesterday. Um, of course, names yes. were exchanged. Uh, there is stuff in there that makes me angry, but again, I am not going to fully blow a gasket until the 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 result is the result. so um when we when the Yankees don't trade for Soto, we will know that some of this is likely true if the Yankees do trade for Soto, we're sitting here and uh, we're wondering why we were mad at any point. so yes reserve the anger, save it for later. you know all the you you see this every offseason rumors reports whatever come out, half of them are not true. Um, half of them are lip service, half of them are agents trying to uh, direct, uh, the attention elsewhere, which I think we'll discuss is, is part of the strategy here with Scott Boris. Um, so yeah, we have this report from Brendan Cuddy uh, says names were exchanged uh, says that there is it's as preliminary as it could possibly be, but there was a little snippet in there that said the Yankees are hesitant to part with higher um, uh, level pitching or upper, upper echelon pitching in the minors. And Drew Thorpe was specifically named there and, um, i uh, I don't know how that is possible. Um totally understandable uh, in the in the same sentence that um the Yankees were hesitant to um include Jason Dominguez or Anthony Volpe in those talks. I think we've had an extensive enough conversation there to um for us to understand why that's unreasonable. Um, but to to uh, not include the number four prospect for one of the best players in baseball or the number four prospect in the organization for one of the best players in baseball, that would be, that would be a wild, wild oversight.
2: Yeah. The question is, is Drew Thorpe holding up a deal like, Hey, we'll give you chase Hampton, but not drew Thorpe, or we'll give you Clark Schmidt, but not drew Thorpe. Cause that's absurd. But if it's, Hey, we're trying to offer you Hampton Schmidt, Pereira Brito or Higgy or what like a four-person package with three great starters, and you're saying do that and also put Drew Thorpe in it. Then I actually get the hesitancy because there's just no need for that. I'm yeah. I'm getting real tired of the Padres mock trades at this point. Um because it feels like it's only the Yankees ones that get tweaked and laughed at. Because that, I mean, that's how it goes, right? We've we've been on the internet forever. We know that. Well, you the know, area. Yankees, Yankees, Twitter, Oh, haha! Ha, you know, and and Frazier for Ken Griffey Jr. And President Clinton like, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> um, but every, every, every fan base has these trades that they won't make. Right. Uh, the Red Sox fans are, I always make fun of them. So I'll continue to do so. But they're always like, oh, I don't know if I could give up Miguel Blyce. Miguel Blyce is like 19 and had shoulder surgery this year. Like, sorry, sometimes you have to give people up. Uh, and sometimes, uh, you know, each fan base is precious with their prospects. And so every single fan base makes proposals that are like, I'll give you four people I don't need or care about for Juan Soto. How do you think about that? Like, that's every fan base. Yeah. Look at the Mariners packages that are being put out there right now. The internet, everybody knows the Padres need high level pitching. So the Yankees packages are like Hampton, Schmidt, Brito, Vasquez, some combination of top level pitching. And then the Mariners packages are like Brian Wu, Bryce Miller. We laughed about this on the last show. Like that sounds like an underpaid too. Those guys suck. Like yeah, those yeah. are average. Those are four and a half ERA innings eater guys with potential. That's what the Yankees are also giving up in these scenarios, but also a top 100 prospect like Chase Hampton. So Padres fans thinking they have the leverage to demand Jason Dominguez in these conversations. Where's that coming from? What's the precedent? One year of an extremely expensive distressed asset who you can't afford and have made it clear you can't afford, you're not getting a, a future major league superstar from the best you can hope for is Spencer Jones, who, by the way, I would be willing to trade for Juan Soto because I have a funny feeling that in, in a different coaching staff and a different environment, I don't think Spencer Jones hits his ceiling. So you're gambling with a kid's future, but at the same time, if it gets me Juan Soto, then yes, he can highlight a package That is fine with me.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the factors here. one, is the financial issues? Uh, I mean, I guess we don't know how true those are because they're they're just merely reports. We don't know. Um, but then you also have the bit in this article that says every team is under the assumption they will not have a chance to extend Juan Soto. So you're getting Juan Soto for one year at a very um, at a very escalated cost, thirty plus million, which is like yeah. what the best players in the sports make,
2: and he's uh, one of the best players in the sport. Yeah.
3: Um, but best players in the sport make on their larger, on their massive contracts. So like, that's also something to consider. Secondly, when the Padres traded for Soto, they also got Josh Bell in the deal with the nationals. Um, and they surrendered, uh, I think four top 100 prospects, CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel, the third James Wood and Yarlin Susana. Um, Luke Voigt was also in that deal. Um, I don't understand how now you're getting that. And that was for two and a half years of Soto. Two
2: and a half years, three, three playoff runs for a team without a world series with Peter Seidler at the helm, desperately trying to get them there.
3: Mm -hmm. And I, it was, it was the right move. I think it was the right move for both sides. The Nationals offered him $440 million. He declined. I honestly don't know if he gets that in free agency next year. I think that's a like the, the, some of these projections and we'll, we'll get into the I think the um, the the John Heyman's report, too, uh, which is relevant here is mm-hmm. um, there were there was chatter about him making five to six hundred million in free agency next year. And there is no world in which he's getting paid more than Shohei Ohtani. I don't care how young he is. I don't care how much success he's had. Shohei Ohtani plays two positions at the highest level you could possibly play at. And forget about the Tommy John surgery. He's also an international marketing icon. So Mm -hmm. to to even float that there is clearly agent, um, you know, uh, uh, lip service. And then... You uh, you combine this with the report that Heyman was saying it's probably going to cost at least two to, uh, to, two top 100 prospects for Soto, which I don't necessarily think that that's insane, um, but that's probably where it should stop. It should probably be two top 100 prospects um, under the assumption that you're not going to be going to be able to extend him um, under the assumption that the Padres need to get out of this money because it's going to be closer to 32 million dollars and they're dealing with cash flow issues per all the reports. Um, and again, it's for one year. Very few times has has one sole acquisition for a singular year change the complexion of any team. You even look at the NBA. How many times like that still takes um, a, a lot of uh, of um, gelling and and uh, chemistry to to work together to make that happen. So I'm not trying to devalue or make this trade look more attractive to to you know um, or to make uh, devalue it for. Whoever is acquiring Juan Soto, but the reality is the reality. He's getting paid all that money. He's he was already trade for traded for four top one hundred prospects, and that was under the assumption he was being acquired for two and a half years, um, and that was having one year of like or a year and a half of very very um, economical team control over him because his last his last eighteen months of making money wasn't a whole lot for a player of his caliber. Now he's getting a massive raise in his third year of arbitration, which is how the process works. So um, a lot of this feels like Scott Boris attempting to angle to get the Yankees to sign Bellinger and then for Soto to stay put, be dealt at the deadline um, and uh, maybe have a clearer path to where he'll be in um 2025 i guess but the way that these details are kind of snowballing now with it, it feels like it feels like bs after bs yeah. um and now the yankees unwillingness to include top a uh, top level pitching like they know they have to do that and the padres again like we've talked about know that they can't ask for volpe or dominguez or they can but they can't be they can't be shocked that the Yankees are like, no, we're not giving you franchise cornerstone players for one year of a franchise cornerstone player. They um, should so a lot of this is like bullshit. They
2: should start there. They should get yeah, in sure. the room and say Jason Dominguez is, is our ask, but they're going to have to come to the conclusion that he's not available. You want to get stuck with Juan Soto? Fine. But it, it, there, there are so many arguments and so many threads. I can't keep track of Padres fans saying they want to win now and they're in win now mode. So they want Dominguez like, I'm sorry, but that's not true. If you're in win now mode, congratulations, but Jason Dominguez comes back in August. So you're acquiring an unproven rookie. He is unproven. He was fantastic for a week last year, but your win now demand is an unproven rookie for the stretch run only. No, that doesn't track. Um, your win now demand is Anthony Volpe, who top 10 prospects in all of baseball gold glove, but objectively pretty disappointing last year by most metrics. Um, it just doesn't, I'm sorry, like, that's a that's a wild ask. And, and you don't have to make the Mookie Betts trade, right? You don't have to give up Mookie Betts and include an expensive contract, David Price last time, Jake Cronenworth this time, only to get <clears throat> Alex Verdugo and top five prospect Jeter Downs and nothing burger Connor Wong in the deal, right? It doesn't have to be yeah. that bad. But Alex Verdugo is a, a struggling-ish league average, major league ready, former top prospect, Sounds like Clark Schmidt to me, because the Padres need pitching. The Padres need pitching. Sorry. They do. They can have Teoscar Hernandez for half the cost of Juan Soto if they want to fill that outfield gap, which they apparently do. Um, The Padres need pitching. So Clark Schmidt is our Alex Verdugo. Uh, Chase Hampton is our Jeter Downs. And then instead of a completely non-entity 650 OPS catcher who should be replaced in Boston tomorrow, we'll give you two more top 15 prospects. We'll give you Will Warren. And we'll give you Randy Vasquez. Like, that's a big deal. That's, that's, uh, if the bet deal is like a D plus, but at the time it kind of looked like a B minus, then this is a probable eventual B that looks like an A minus right now, but this is the best you're going to do. Who's, who's giving you better? The, the best case scenario for you is you make this trade. Second best case scenario is you keep Juan Soto and you win 84 games next year and uh, fine, like fine. Keep them if you want to, but you're not getting Jason to make it. Yeah.
3: I think we've learned, we, the industry has learned from the Mookie Beth's trade um, and uh, it was viewed. It, it was viewed with raised eyebrows at the time and it's, it has aged very poorly. So um, there's ways to work around that. And it doesn't, this deal does not have to be emulated directly from that. Um, I also don't, blame the Padres if they want to hang on to Soto if they're not getting what they want, but I don't see any other team being able to offer any equivalent of what the reports are suggesting that the uh, Padres want from the Yankees. Um, what would this equivalent be for um, uh, who else is in on here? The Mariners and the Cubs, the,
2: Mariners, the Cubs, like the Red Sox should be in I, yeah. I don't want to like, I don't want to talk these things into existence, but the Red Sox should be in on Soto. The rumor is they're out on Otani, but they should have been in on Otani. They need a. Yeah. I keep getting this argument with everybody. Um, like Brian Kenny on MLB network. Obviously I didn't get into an argument with Brian Kenny, but he was like, Juan Soto doesn't solve the Yankees issues. You know, it's just another big contract and another superstar. And it's like, No one guy solves the Yankees issues. But if you don't ever make a move to solve your issues, then you're just going to end up mid or bad forever. And that's what the establishment wants. They want the Yankees to stink. Nobody wants the Yankees to get better. But if you hold off on making every single move for the next 10 years, you won't be very good at baseball. And that's how I feel about the Red Sox too. I can Look, I want nothing more than for the Red Sox to be a disaster forever. But if they never try anything and just never get better, what kind of team-building strategy is yeah. that? We'll be 500 or slightly worse every year. Okay, that's what happens if you hold on to your prospects and you never supplement them and you go into this season with Brian Bayo, Chris Sale, and three rotation question marks. Like, I'm sorry. So I'm at the point in time where – If the Red Sox don't make a big move this offseason, I'll be stunned because they can't just actively choose to be terrible. They should be in on Soto. They should be in on Otani. um, And maybe they were in on Otani and he said no. But the Yankees have to be in on all of these names. um, And they have to be able to outbid the Red Sox who can offer uh, nothing like what the Yankees can offer here because they don't have the pitchers. They famously built a farm system of offense uh, with no pitchers. And, And every Red Sox fan who's trolled me is like, well, you can always go out and get the pitching. You can, but you haven't yet. Uh, The Mariners have, I don't know, they traded Noel V. Marte for Castillo. They have those middling young arms, Emerson Hancock, Wu, Miller, Fine. Um, Fine. That looks like a slightly worse approximation of the Yankees package. They've got top tie peat. People keep putting in trade packages. Like, they they have a good Latino pipeline. They they could pluck someone out of the lower minors, but that doesn't feel like what the Yankees have. And, The Giants are always mentioned, but the Padres can't do that. The the Cubs have upper-level pitching. Ben Brown, Cade, Horton, but Passon said they won't use them. And, again, how is that more impressive than Hampton and Thorpe? You know, whatever. It just keeps coming back to the Yankees can have exactly what the Padres need and they can match or exceed anybody's proposal.
3: Yeah, and that's what's frustrating because it seems like the Yankees are the tailor-made – trade partner. And it seems like they'd be willing to pay up. um, But they're not going, if they are the only viable uh, destination on the market uh, for Soto, then the Padres have two choices. You don't trade Juan Soto, or you are somewhat reasonable in the talks. You look at like, I don't know, what do Cubs fans think? Would you trade Ben Brown and Cade Horton and Kevin Alcantara for Juan Soto? I mean, I don't know. That would be the Yankees' equivalent of trading um, Jason Dominguez, uh, Chase Hampton, and uh, Thorpe. Um, no, wait, where does he rank? Five. Yeah, Thorpe. Yeah, that would be Thorpe. Yeah, so like that's pretty insane. If you <laughs> that's 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 a that's a very steep price for one year of a player who is again not going to re-sign with you, or you will not have the chance to. Um, get first dibs he's hitting free agency and that's the end of it so yeah um, as the days go by and I guess as these reports come out could all be smoke but um, I was of the belief earlier in the offseason that the Padres are just going to hang on to him until the deadline they could still save what 15-ish million somewhere around there like I don't think 15 extra million is going to make or break their financial situation the real problem is they have to get rid of the larger contracts that um, are taking up a lot of space. and then, but again, that's where the Juan Soto deal comes in. That allows you to get rid of a couple of undesirable deals that you have on the books. They don't want to do that, though. whatever. In terms nope. of the Yankee land, who are we who are we not willing to trade? And I think the conversation is rather short. It's Dominguez and it's Anthony Volpe and I yep. don't think that that's unreasonable and, and again that's what it I was at the
2: beginning it, of the offseason for me too it's the one yeah. thing that has not changed in 2 months you want to give me <coughs> soto fine anybody but those guys and I'm not wavering
3: yeah and we've i think we're fair in even entertaining spencer jones i think that's probably yeah. if you're getting spencer jones you're uh i don't know how much more wiggle room there is outside of that again i'm not An executive, but I've seen plenty of we've seen plenty of deals go down over the years. We can evaluate things fairly um, uh, logically by looking at it. So it would be like Spencer Jones and Richard Fitz, Mm
2: -hmm. Spencer
3: Jones and Will Warren, and maybe you're pushing it. Um, I don't want to
2: trade Dick Fitz. It's too funny. We can't. It's too great of a name. Yeah, it's too great. Um,
3: But I mean, that's to me like Spencer Jones is already at double A. He's he's projected to make the big leagues next year. He could potentially debut this year if he gets a fast enough start um, at AAA um, when he when he's promoted there. So uh, yeah, I, I th- that's you know it, it's Dominguez and Volpe for me because that's trading six years away of players who we think we have a good read on in terms of their projectability and talent, um, and it's it's the it's counterintuitive to making the team better and. That's where that's where these two teams need to meet on the, the the logical aspects of the trade. The Yankees need to help the Padres. The Padres need to help the Yankees. It, it, it can't be it can't be imbalanced on either end.
2: It's just so tough because obviously I would be perfect if they demand Dominguez and Volpe. I go okay, great. I'll wait till next year. Juan yeah, so we'll know. I'll see you again next winter. I know you'll be available. But at the same time, I'm not willing to. It's it's November 30th. The winter meetings are next week. I'm not willing to say that now because I'm also not just going to waste a year of Garrett Cole and Aaron judge. The current roster is not good enough. The current roster with Cody Bellinger weighing down the books for the next 10 years is not good enough. The current roster with Yamamoto and Lee is certainly an improvement on last year, Mm -hmm. but absolutely. I would say you need a home run in the middle of the lineup. Now Soto going anywhere else is completely unpalatable for the Yankees. That is disgusting. However, if he's just going to sit in San Diego if the Padres have made their bed, then then fine. We will see you next year. Uh, we know Soto has always been a white whale for Brian Cashman. We've heard that in the past. We know the Yankees are going to be interested next winter as well. I think it's overrated getting him in for a year so he can get acclimated to New York. Everybody knows what New York is. It's also no longer a special city anymore. The Yankees haven't been to the World Series since 2009. So, like what, expectations are high. Same in Boston, same in Chicago, much more so in L.A., because they make the playoffs every year and choke every year. So LA fans are mad. Like there, there are other cities with expectations that are just as high. Um, Yankee fans aren't out there throwing batteries. I think Juan Soto has heard booze before. He can probably handle that. Um, you know, his agent isn't Giancarlo Stanton's agent, so he hasn't already been talked out of signing. Um, if if the ask is Dominguez and they won't budge, then we will see you next winter. But I'm not willing to pack it in. So, you know, if we're doing the exercise. If I'm AJ Preller, I say Dominguez first. If I'm Brian Cashman, I don't cut off communication. I just make it clear we're not going there. And if we have to get back in touch at the winter meetings, we will. We we don't have to do this now. We're about to see each other next week. Um, But I think there's no reason Preller shouldn't ask for Dominguez. And there's absolutely no historical precedent for the Yankees to even entertain that as a serious proposal. Let let alone – that they just – you don't say goodbye – but you just say okay. I mean that's not serious. So we'll we'll see you later. We'll leak stuff like we don't want to give up Drew Thorpe. We'll express trepidation on our side because who else are you going to turn to?
3: Yeah, Nicholas, I like uh, I like where your head's at. But I do too. Um, if we I'm were gonna... to
2: say something like that, people would scream at us. But it's oh yeah, an interesting um, idea. And I like hearing it from you. Yeah,
3: now get ready. We're going to scream at you. Um, <laughs> some no, guy was...
2: there's some guy with eleven followers who hates us who showed up in the comments somebody's post yesterday to be like. Yank's Go Yard is a satire blog, right? You guys are kidding, right? And it turned out we had the same take on Dominguez and he didn't know how to read. And so I showed up and was like, you just tweeted what I tweeted. And then he went away for a while. So hopefully we never see him again, but yes.
3: Yeah, we uh, we very much encourage uh, literate listeners. Um, so please guys.
2: Uh, it is so crucial. Words. It is so crucial for you to be able to read, to join us on the stream. And I don't even mean that. That's not derogatory. I know you're supposed to not exclude any listeners, but if you can't read, please seek help. Uh, and scan the Sleeper Daily Fantasy QR code. They will help you out
3: there. <laughs> uh, Nicholas is thinking that um, we do a big deal. We dump Volpe as well. And we take on Tatis, who is making, what is he making, $340 million? So um, Yeah, so that takes us out of the Soto free agency next year, which, I mean, if you're fine with that, I guess. Um, that also means the Yankees are adding a fourth $300 million contract to the payroll which I don't think they're going to do. Um, Fernando Tatis in New York might be an unmitigated disaster. He's someone um, who
2: I'd like to meet the New York media first.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, as much as I like where your head's at, um, and hey, if that happens and we're wrong, we'll be the first ones to come on here and uh, and quote you. But I, uh, I think that's a little bit too much, and that's territory Brian Cashman's not going to want to get into.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, that's enough on Soto for now because the winter meetings are next week. So hopefully we actually have progress. Um, there's maybe a little bit too much smoke in here, honestly. Too yeah. um, so much needs.
3: smoke. It's Brian Cashman blazing up in the front office, dude.
2: Yes. <laughs> uh yeah cashman's uh cashman creating the smoke himself from uh <laughs> cashman rules
3: everything around
2: me bro big old bong cream making deals at the winter meeting um <laughs> well let's uh, let's move along because we actually had some news drop this week let's let's talk Sevy, i guess uh Luis to who the mets happened last night the most obvious there's never been a more obvious fit and i know that the uh, the chat loves the clown on thomas for loving the mets thomas luis severino is your least favorite yankee of the era so yeah. i will let you speak on this yeah
3: um uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i like getting ribbed on this mets thing just cuz guys my wife likes city field better than yankee stadium so if i want to go to a couple extra baseball games a year that's my escape and then i get i get the good food and ice cream and it's all fun it is i get to food. root against the mets um you see, you run into Frank, the tank at the ballpark. He's spilling shit all over himself. It's great.
2: Sadly, I mean, it's another Don Draper for me though. I always do. That's what the money is for. But for yeah. the Mets, it's like the guy in the elevator going, I feel bad for you. And Yankee fans <laughs> going, I don't think about you at all. I don't, I do not think about the Mets. Like uh, I don't <laughs> root them, but they it yeah. do not matter to me.
3: They, they happen to be located here. And I happen to, um, indulge every once in a while, um, It's a scenic train ride, seven train. It's good. But, um, Severino. Yes. Uh, look, I wish nothing but the best for the guy. He was uh, my least favorite Yankee in terms of (laughs) frustrations of, uh, I guess if you want to call it the baby bomber era, um, 2017, 2018 were, I mean, 2017 and half of 2018 were great. And then injuries took hold. Um, there were public, you know, grifts with the organization. Um, the injury he, he suffered a lat injury and said he felt he got shot by a gun. Um, when he, when he suffered a minor groin strain the year he was coming back, um, from elbow surgery, he acted as if he tore his leg off the bone. Um, so, uh, he got into an argument with the Yankees over reading a calendar about being placed on the 60 day IL. He forgot the start of a playoff, uh, the, the time start of a playoff game. Um, I uh, you know, there was a lot more um, uh, potential there that was not uh, met with Luis Severino Um, far too often. I think fans are diving back into the well of, oh, you know, he showed up for us in 2017 and fought hard in 2018. And it's like. Yeah, man, I don't know on what planet we're revering players for two good years without a championship, and then we all miss
2: twenty seventeen. Like we all yeah. wish we were still living in the twenty seventeen. It. But it's it's been a really long time.
3: And look, this is where f- other fans hate us. Like we're gonna look fondly back on the twenty seventeen season, a losing season. It was fun. That was one of the most fun playoff runs I've ever experienced. But it's not like not part of Yankees lore anymore. It was actually the start of like one of the most depressing windows of of Yankees baseball. So let's stop looking back on these, like these failed seasons and acting as if like that we have something to hang our hat on. We don't. And Luis Severino spent 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023 with the Yankees still. And he had a run of 19 good starts in between and everything else was a disaster. Um, I wish him nothing but luck. I wish him nothing but health. uh, health. I hope that he can get back on track. Um, Honestly, though, I think he just fucked up the entire market. Uh, The fact that he's getting $13 million after the last uh, year and change that he's had um, I, the, I don't even know, like what's Seth Lugo going to go for now that 55 million a year, everybody,
2: um, here's the inside tip on Seth Lugo is that two thirds of MLB teams have contacted him reportedly. And our own Robert Murray said on foul territory last week that it was at least half. So that 15 to 20 teams are interested in Seth Lugo. He had some iffy advanced metrics last year, but was very good in 146 innings. Mid three ZRA, almost two B war. I mean, pretty good pitcher. Severino going for 13 million in a year. Somebody's gonna have to go three years on Lugo, who's 34. So he's getting the Sunny Gray deal, but he can't get 75 million. So 55, 60. Like it's a lot of money.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.
2: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
3: Yeah, and look, I am not against another team um taking a chance on Severino. Like uh, I, I think we've seen his and, – and I also don't doubt that if he's out of the Yankees' hands, his talent might be able to get maximized. We've still seen Still throws that.
2: hard, still throws yeah. 96.5 average. Is, is, mm-hmm. His average VLO is down one mile an hour, but still pretty high.
3: Yeah. We've seen countless teams, um, you know, dig underperforming Yankees uh, out from the grave and, and make something of them. But um, I think also part of Severino's struggles were uh, the spotlight. Um, once he wasn't able to get back on track after that second half of, um, 2018, there was, there was no coming back for him. And I, you think, you think, I I know the Mets, you know, we, we joke around how the Mets are, you know, second fiddle in New York, but it's still a high pressure environment. The, the, all the spotlights on Steve Cohen and him spending money and the Mets, you know, disappointing, um, under new ownership, because, how long uh, for decades Mets fans were complaining about the Will Ponds and, and wanting them out. Now they finally got out. They have this new benevolent owner, you would you would think, richest owner in baseball. And now he spent thirteen million dollars on Luis Severino, who just put forth arguably like the worst uh, the the worst run of a starting pitcher last year.
2: Anytime you can um, sign a guy who called himself the worst pitcher in baseball last season, called himself that, you got to yeah, do it, and you got to keep him in the same city where all his recent <laughs> bad memories are.
3: <laughs> it's yeah. Look again. Wish him nothing but the best. I hope that he can turn it around. Um, at this point, I have no ill will towards Yankees who leave and play better. It's 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 a trend that is the reality, but um, I, I don't see it working out, um, and I don't I don't see how
2: this is favorable for him, uh, the player. No, I mean, change of scenery, it's the same restaurants, probably has yeah. the same dry cleaner. He never yeah. moved like best of luck for sure. But injury prone doesn't even begin to cover it since 2018. And I'm pretty sure during 2018, because there's a line of demarcation in the middle of 2018 where he just stopped being effective. Ironically enough, I remember starting against the Mets where I, I was in attendance And I was beginning to get concerned. 2018? Uh, In the weeks prior, in 2018, he gave up four home runs, I wanna say, in five innings, including a a big blast to Jose Bautista, who was on the Mets at the time. And that is definitely the time I remember just being like, yuck. Like, that could not, I was already getting nervous that could not have gone more poorly. And if I remember correctly, he turned it around in September of that year, but then forgot when the game started, pitched in the most lopsided, Playoff loss the franchise has ever known against the Red Sox, of course, where Brock Holt hit for the cycle. Uh, yep. This game was four innings, seven hits, four earned runs on August 13th. Two homers against the Mets. Lost to DeGrom, gave up homers to Ahmed Rosario and Joey bats, Uh, Todd Frazier on the Mets homered off AJ Cole, and so did Brandon Nimmo, and so did Michael Conforto. What a great game! Uh, but crushed in that game. Um, Damn. And so that was the moment in time. He's never been the same since mid-August 2018. The shoulder injury in 19 that knocked him out almost the whole year. The Tommy John right before the pandemic that you forgot because there was a pandemic, but rest assured he didn't pitch. Um and just uh, yeah horrific the last couple years looked like he tore his groin off the bone in that minor league rehab start yelped like his shoulder fell apart in his final start at Yankee Stadium this year I am glad he got one more moment one more inexplicable run at home against the Nats on the road against the Tigers this September and late August where he looked like himself briefly so fans could salute him but. You, a guy you just can't pay if you have money to burn you can pay him 13 million dollars to make mm-hmm. 12 starts for you and hope that eight of them are above average and i guess that's what the mets plan is and maybe he finds that fountain of youth but it, right at the bottom of my do not pay list I, I i can't possibly pay Luis severino and the mets have decided that they'd like to do that uh dellon batanta's what appeared in eight games for the Mets after signing a 10 and dollar deal yeah. this feels a lot like that to me
3: yeah I'm, I'm just I'm glad the Yankees the Yankees are at the very least knowing um, or understanding this offseason who they cannot bring back I know they, they played this game a lot over the last few years thinking they can simply run it back with certain guys I thought it was a mistake last year they were bringing Severino back mm-hmm. he finally got his value back up and they had the chance to either reject his team option and save 15 million dollars or pick it up and trade him to another team and maybe get a top 15 prospect out of it and get rid of that money and, and figure out their next steps after that. But they opted not to now they watch the asset depreciate into dirt. And now they watched him sign for nearly the same amount of money that they picked up the option for last year. So I'm just glad that the Yankees are at least parting with people who have been a major part of the problem since, uh, um, since the 20, since I guess everything started falling apart in 2020. Um, and yeah, and, uh, Speaking of people who are not coming back here, let's touch on this quickly because we mentioned the Red Sox. Uh, Jordan Montgomery moved to Boston. Moved to Boston. Moved to Boston. He is a Boston guy now. Um, Do we know why he did that? Oh, yes, we do. And it's
2: being discounted by a lot of people, but should be viewed as extremely important. Um, Montgomery moved to Boston and is working out at Boston College now because his wife's uh med school program has landed her in boston her residency is now in boston um and if you want to you know throw cold water on the meaningful nature of this development uh you can do that if you want but you should be fully educated that the last time we heard about this she was starting her residency at mount sinai in new york specifically to be closer to jordan who was on the new york yankees that program was orchestrated by her to land her in new york She started one day before he was traded at the 2022 deadline. One day. imagine going through all that extra effort to find your landing spot for your medical future, which is so hard, so many people trying to match at so many universities and different hospitals. She orchestrates that whole thing so she can land in New York, and then he's traded to St. Louis and is uprooted immediately. The one missing piece is I'd like to know where she was last year if she was at Mount Sinai or where her residency was. But either way, apparently Jordan Montgomery was extremely thrown off. Obviously both of them were that their future was uprooted and baseball is a business, but it matters. Uh, she's chosen Boston, chosen Boston. Last time she chose New York. So she'd be close to Jordan Montgomery. This time she has chosen Boston, which is not close to Texas, which is in fact in Boston. Montgomery is at the top of the Red Sox wish list. The deal's not done, but if you think it's not important, that she moved her future there, then I, I I don't know what to tell you, but that's, I would actually put that as almost a lock that he's going to Boston. And at the very least, um, I guess if Yankee fans want to get hopeful because they're closer to Boston than Texas is, go right ahead. But <laughs> yeah. uh, there is a team in Boston proper that's interested in Jordan Montgomery. So that feels notable.
3: Yeah, and there's, uh, even for a potential return, again, we're not, we're not ruling it out. We're not against it at all, but um, hard to see Montgomery wanting to return her, even if the Yankees were to pay top dollar, like he was disrespected. He was one of the best homegrown players that they had elevated through the farm system in quite some time. Um, He had a good relationship with everybody on the pitching staff. Everybody was pretty much shocked and um, upset when he was dealt. Um, He was blindsided by the trade. He was insulted on the way out saying that he wouldn't be making playoff starts for this team. So I don't know on what planet people think that he would want to, Return here when I remember Cashman
2: said his wife's not a very good doctor, so she probably doesn't New York anyway. I thought that was unnecessary. That was an unnecessary shot. Um it's dermatology too. So uh if uh, Montgomery a, has, a
3: program, she can't possibly graduate from Mount Sinai dermatology.
2: That's if a Montgomery's problem. feeling uh feeling burned by Cashman, she probably put that balm on. <laughs>
3: There, I, after that, and, you know, and this happening too, and his wife, you know, I'm sure there was, I'm sure that, um, you know, with the disrespect in being blindsided by the trade, there was a clear disregard for Jordan Montgomery's personal life, which, you know, trades come, sometimes trades come together rather quickly and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't think the Jordan Montgomery trade came together rather quickly. I don't think he was a sought out, highly sought-after trade candidate. It didn't net the Yankees at a game-changing Juan Soto type player. It netted them Harrison Bader, who at the time was in a walking boot and was game changing for a playoff season, I guess. Yeah, where is he for, at?
2: Where where is he at? We aren't even talking about his market.
3: Yeah. So uh, on top of the Yankees um, probably not being interested because they'd have to pay top-of-market money for somebody that they could have had for cheaper and failed to maximize, there's no reason for Jorah Montgomery to want to come back to the Yankees um, if he now has his pick of the litter with his new um, peak market.
2: Yeah, and he does have the pick of the litter. Did he say he wanted a reunion? I don't remember. I was just responding to that comment, actually. We put that on the screen instead of me typing like a fool. I don't think, I've never heard that. Um, I I have never heard that. I, I've heard that the Yankees and Cardinals were both interested, but that he'd yeah. actually rather reunite with Texas than either of those two previous employers. Uh, and, and that makes perfect sense because uh we gave him a bad time on the way out. He was a close friend with jameson Tyone, who's not here anymore. Like, I don't know. Him and Cole got along, I'm sure, but he already, you know, I mean, wait, nobody wants to go back to a Toxic ex after a year and a half. I'm sure he has fond memories with Garrett Cole so did Masahiro Tanaka but he went back to Japan like if he's still thinking about the Yankees that would be surprising it would be surprising if he's still like ooh, I really missed those really missed two teams ago when I wasn't winning the World Series or going to the postseason at all
3: yeah um oh Padres fan in the chat Can we see this come on yeah. What does he want?
2: What do you want, buddy? I know you're asking for Jason Dominguez, but you're going to have to give him that extra S. or We'll give you Jason with one <laughs> We'll
3: give you singular S, Jason.
2: We'll give you Jason Dominguez, who I think like works at Whole Foods. You can have him for sure. Uh, but Jason with two S is probably not available.
3: No. Um, yeah, asking for that is a lot, my friend. Uh, I don't. You know, I, I probably don't do that. Uh, it depends. Well, I guess it depends what the two pitchers are. The Um,
2: Cronenworth thing, though, is like a real, that's like a real hump to get over. I'd be willing to accept the Cronenworth deal, but if Jason Dominguez is in it, I sure as hell am not paying Jake Cronenworth for six more years.
3: Kirsten Wright wants uh, Spencer Jones instead. Bring Spencer Jones home.
2: And we will do that. I will do that. Got yourself a deal, Kirsten.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Fair. Yeah. Fair Jones. All right. Comments. I think we're aligned and we're not being unreasonable. We know we have to give to get here. We, we know that that's the case. Juan Soto of course. Is a, a, a generational player, um, but it is one year. This Yankees roster is unless they make all the moves that they absolutely need to make this um, off season are far more than one acquisition away from turning it around. Um, yeah. So speaking of that, other acquisition. Yoshinobu Yamamoto.
2: It'd be a big one. It Kiwami. would be a big one. And, and the Yankees uh, cannot take their foot off the gas pedal here. Everybody's interested in Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Someone's going to pay him 225 to $230 million, and they should. Three-time Japanese League MVP for a reason. 25-year-old ace-level starting pitcher hitting the open market. 25 I mean, that alone, like that's Aaron Judge debuted at 25. Like yeah. th- those players do not hit the open market. Uh, and the fact that he's coming from Japan is the only reason that's being facilitated. Juan Soto, though, also the same age. Um, he's the guy. He- he's the guy. And the Yankees have made their interest abundantly clear. Cashman flying to Japan, et cetera. That's nothing new. So have the Mets. So has Kodai Senga. So have the Red Sox, presumably. Again, they got to do something. So have the Dodgers if they miss on Otani, which they very well might. Otani's market is a complete mystery. Um, The Yankees, though, at least we know they are not phoning it in here and just getting into the market and then getting cold feet. They have saved number 18, the ace jersey number traditionally worn in Japan, for Yamamoto for over a year. Now, one, it would be very funny to imagine – Somebody random being like, can I have 18? That's a cool number. And then being like, no, that belongs to a guy who does not play here. The guy being like, excuse me? Like Jake Bowers being like, 18's always been my favorite number. And then being like, call Yamamoto. And they're like, he doesn't, he's not on the team. What are you talking about? I don't think this is really like a, wow, they have 18 open. Of course he'll come here. But it is, it does prove that their interest is genuine, which, hey, follow Andy Martino. Follow him on pretty much everything. Because he's been writing a book about the Yankees front office and he's been like Jack Curry level plugged in for two plus years now. You got to go. You got to know the local guys. And he's been doing a great job. So like him, hate him, whatever. You got to respect him.
3: Yeah, of course. I just don't think this matters. I
2: I, of course it doesn't. But it just shows the Yankees are serious.
3: Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, What also worries me is that the Yankees. Why like why do they need to show that they're serious that they reserved a number? regardless of the number being available or not, they should be serious. They should be offering the most money. They should be painting him the rosiest picture possible for their future plan. The number is like number five on what is needed here. So um, I don't, I'm not buying a whole lot into this. Uh, If Yamamoto is one of the most promising free agents to hit the market in recent memory because of his unique situation. Um, it would be shocking to me if he was valuing the number he's wearing on the back of his Jersey for the team that he's going to play for, for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know, cause it's probably going to be what a nine, 10 year deal. Um, that that's, that's more times than not a career deal. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, the Dodgers are interested here. Um, I, we talked last episode about the Cardinals probably backing out. Um, but they're in, you know what I was, you know what I was wondering too, what, which we can, we could talk about pitchers. Why is there not more traction on the Yankees on the, in the trade market? Um, yeah. I know Yamamoto's the focus, but there's a lot that you could still get and you're still going to need pitchers because if you're talking about a Juan Soto deal, you're, you're probably getting rid of, Clark Schmidt or Michael King. So you're losing one starter there. You have the uncertainty with King slash Schmidt slash Nestor Cortez because of injuries. So even if you bring Yamamoto into the fold, it immediately makes you you know a million times better because you can take a little bit of pressure off Carlos Rodon, um, but you still need the length. You still need the depth and that's going to be necessary for um, the postseason and down the stretch where this team has struggled Mostly, they struggle in April, then they struggle in August, and then they shit the bed in October. So, like, they, they, they need to, they they need to get off to a faster start. They need to be able to maintain, you know, the 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 health of the roster and the consistency of the roster throughout the season. And they need to be able to pitch and and just hit in big games. Obviously, um, not really expert analysis there, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Dylan Cease, why is there not more of a chatter there? I, I, Tyler Glass. Now you're probably not getting. It's an interdivision trade, but. Corbin Burns, feel like the Brewers, if he's on the table, would want to get him out of the NL for the year for a year before he signs elsewhere. Um, and then there's uh uh who's the other fucking guy?
1: Hmm.
3: Damn it, I forgot. Sorry, guys. There's one more guy. It's Cease Burns. I don't know. Either way, they should be involved more in these trade targets because they're gonna have to make. The forty man is full, or it's at like thirty nine. It's only at thirty six right now. Thirty six? Yeah. Really?
2: Okay. They got rid of all these, uh, all those fantastic, um, our our bros, you know, from the non tender day. That got them down from. They were at full forty, and then they traded Bowers, and then they ditched those three dudes, and now we're hanging at thirty six.
3: Bieber, Bieber's the other one.
2: Uh, but Bieber is easily number four on the list of people I've sure. in person, only if you can get him for cheap. I'm more interested in like a Glaber Torres for Emerson Hancock trade, which ESPN's Kylie McDaniel pitched yesterday and which made me go, hmm, like Emerson Hancock, Hmm. the sixth overall pick in 2020, repeated double A last year, low fours ERA, some of the prospect shine is off, made his MLB debut, but 2020, not that long ago, feels like a, you know, a weird time in our history 2020 to present and the 2020 draft, some of the evaluations were way off. Maybe you shouldn't have been the sixth overall pick, but if you can get somebody like that, who like could be a mid rotation starter for one year of labor Torres, I would do that.
3: Yeah, I would do that too. I think that's also the move because if you're able to, Get Soto, and then figure out. I guess whatever depth bench pieces that you're going to get that aren't players that don't matter. Another mm-hmm. topic of conversation that that we've focused on a lot. Get bench players who can play, not just guys who are bodies that fill out the roster. Then you'd be able to absorb the loss of Glaber Torres mm-hmm. um, and and free up the money and figure out what you want to do there. So um, yeah, I, I we the the time is here. Winter meetings are next week. We're going to learn a lot more. Um, I guess an Otani decision come this weekend. Yamamoto is said to probably come next weekend or the week after. Yep. Um, so there's a lot, it's going to be a lot to parse through and there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of smaller deals going down. I think, especially at the beginning of next week, um, I'd expect the Yankees to make a few moves. I don't think the big splash though is coming until uh, late next week. Because if Soto gets dealt at the winter meetings, it's going to be like, as everybody's trying to get out there and get to the airport. Cause that's the only, that's the only way AJ Prowler will have it.
2: Yeah, we've got a lot on the horizon, but Yamamoto not coming at the winter meetings. He's not going to the winter meetings. Otani, we were told at one point would happen beforehand, and that now seems pretty unlikely because they're a couple of days beforehand. So best of luck there. Cody Bellinger, the hottest name in the free agent offensive market. The projected contracts are absolutely insane. Somebody projected today, Mike Axisa, who knows the Yankees really well and writes for CBS Sports, used to write for River Avenue Blues. That was his home projected Bellinger to the Blue Jays. Oh my God, gasp. But for 10 years, $245 million. So if those are the expectations, that's not getting done at the winter meetings. Because Scott Boris has sky high hopes for Cody Bellinger, who's hitting free agency at the exact right time and good for him. But Chicago fans loved him last year. The shaky batted ball metrics exist. The two bad years in 21 and 22 exist. The bad numbers against 95-plus mile-an-hour pitches exist. I would not pay Cody Bellinger $240 million. I would not pay Cody Bellinger $200 million. But if they think somebody will, that one's going to take a while. So I expect some pitching to come off the board at the winter meetings. I think one of these trades is going to go down. Glass now probably seems to be trending sooner rather than later. The Cubs seem to be in the mix. Cease is trending in certain directions. Those feel like the first dominoes to fall. Pitchers like Eduardo Rodriguez might follow, Sonny Gray. But all of the Yankees' main targets are going to take a while, including Jung-Hoo Lee, which I see people talking about. I'm interested. People are comparing him to Stephen Kwan, contact first, low power. Fine, I love Stephen Kwan. Compare him to Yoshida. Yoshida was great. You watched Yoshida last year. He was awesome. End of season numbers didn't look so great because he got tired, but that's a good baseball player. Um, I don't, I don't think Sox that sucked. one's going to be – Yeah, and the Red Sox sucked. I don't they got really worse and
3: Morris as the year went
2: on. Adam Duvall of Friesian I kind of like for somebody. Yeah, I don't know who yeah. ends up getting him, but he was a pretty good player for the Red Sox last year too, but the Red Sox sucked. Uh, Justin Turner hit like 420 with runner on third and less than two outs. Um, I don't know how the Red Sox were as bad as they were, but they were. Um, A lot of interesting targets going to come off the board in January, like Turner and Duvall Lee, maybe closer to the end of December, Yamamoto, middle of December, Otani end of next week, but Yankees aren't involved in the Otani market. They just need to make sure that their markets like Yamamoto don't get blown up by whoever didn't get Otani.
3: Yeah, that's, that's where the worry is. And again, the longer, like I said, last episode, I think the longer the Otani situation drags out because I also don't believe that, there are suitors that are being eliminated right now. He said he wanted this to be super private. Um, yeah. I still believe, and I think, you know, some of the comments are right. I think that he might've already made up his
2: mind, but also longer- possible, it's possible the Red Sox just like the Red Sox and Rangers are quote unquote eliminated. That was the report yesterday. It's possible the Red Sox just were barely in, in the first place. They wanted yeah. to have a conversation. They Maybe they asked and, and he just kind of, and they, you know, flirted with it and didn't pursue, or maybe that's all made up because no one really knows what's going on.
3: Yeah, I don't. I think that's a big part of it too. No one really knows what's going on. Um, I don't think we. I don't think we take that seriously enough every year. A lot of people don't know what's going on, um, and we sit here and we digest these reports as if they are near fact, and we have our emotions uh, swing in one direction or the other when we hear something good or we hear something bad. Um, none of it matters until someone signs on the dotted line, or until you see the Ken Rosenthal or the Jeff Passan tweet pop through your timeline. That's that, that's really the end of it. Um, but nonetheless, the longer Otani takes his time here, the better it is for the Yankees. Cause they can focus with all the other bigger suitors in on Otani. And the, we know the Yankees aren't, but hey, what a curveball it would be if the Yankees managed to pull Otani off. <laughs> it's not yeah. happening. But how nice would that be?
2: It would be. I mean, I don't think it's, ugh, I'm so torn. Cause like, there, you're definitely going to get people. Otani is going to be the best hitter in baseball next year. So, wherever he signs, it's you're going to get the Bryce Harbor tweets. You're going to get like Yankees yeah, didn't want to give this guy a phone call, and I get it, but they wanted him desperately in 2017. It's not like Bryce Harbor, where they said, We have six first, you know, we got six outfielders, we got Clint out there, where he's not going to play first base. It wasn't like that. They said, We're building our whole offseason around Otani, and Otani said, so, they don't have the same, like, <laughs> it's not like they were disinterested in him. They wanted him to be their centerpiece for the last six years, and he absolutely threw them through a table. So, very unlikely that um, they pursued him at 500 million when they wanted him at 80 million, and he didn't want them at any number. Um, I wish was he was he on that high. I actually have no idea what his current contract is.
3: Well, he made what? He made 30 million last year to like avoid arbitration and he's been signed since 2018, right? Yeah. 2018. Yeah. So and then the first couple of years he was making nothing. And then he went, I guess, through the arbitration pro yeah. I mean, it could have been close to.
2: I mean, I wish I wish Shohei Otani Shohei Ohtani wrong Ohtani here was here the but Shohei Otani to the Yankees is like fantasy baseball. Juan Soto yeah. is a legitimate potential Yankee, but Otani is like if in the nineties you were like, wouldn't it be cool if Griffey and Bonds were just on the dynasty Yankees? Like yeah, no kidding. It would be cool if, like, I don't know, uh, like Harrison Ford showed up in the Marvels. Like, yeah, a lot of things, are <laughs> but that's just not how it goes.
3: Forty-two million, and he made thirty million last year. So before last year, he made a combined twelve million dollars from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two. That's absurd. Yeah, what a dick <laughs> for not coming <laughs> to us.
2: For not coming to us, for not even asking. My friends and I have called him a coward for five years. That will not change uh, whether he chooses Boston or whether he chooses somebody on the West Coast like everybody thinks. But you know last time, like the Dodgers have been the favorite for years. uh, But last time the Yankees were the favorite. You can find articles that say Yankees favorite for Shohei Otani, and they were the first eliminated. So Mm -hmm. he wants this secret operation you really think he wants this secret operation just so he can go to the team everyone's been connecting him to for two and a half years i, I don't think so no. uh, the dodgers the dodgers could pull this off but i think it's equally likely he chooses the cubs the dodgers have to give yamamoto the bag and then we're in trouble yeah
3: so let's let's just hope we're not in trouble guys
2: it would be great to not be in trouble this is the first off season in a while though where they obviously need all of these upgrades but last year I was like, man, they need Judge. And I would wait. And the Garrett Cole offseason, I was like, they need Cole. They need Cole. I'd wake up every day. I'd be refreshing Twitter. This offseason, I'm just, they obviously need these guys, but I sort of have no expectations that they're going to get them. And if they do, I'll be pleasantly surprised. But I'm not refreshing Twitter constantly um, to check for updates. And that's not just because it's now bombarded with porn ads and robots. Um, there are a million reasons not to refresh Twitter. Porn but bots. I have no expectations. Every time I reply to somebody, I get a, rep- a like on my reply that's like, Alicia and I'm like who's Alicia she wants to talk about you know Soto trade packages and you click her bio and she's like beekeeper looking for love in deep Oregon and you're like you're not a person
3: yeah I had Dominican daddy follow me that was a mm-hmm. good one
2: well that's a guy so that's yeah. a real guy. <laughs> it was
3: a guy doing weird things yeah um the thing I'm worried about but we'll close on is uh that you know we're talking about refreshing Twitter making sure the Yankees make the right move don't really know what the right move is. And I'm kind of scared because we don't have a lot, too many options and uh, um, it it, desperation just might've, it it might've reached a certain point in the Yankees front office, Um, which is, uh, which is scary when the free agent pool isn't as uh, plentiful as it was in years past when they could have been aggressive and kind of could have just made a bunch of moves without it really hurting them. Now you're in a position where the roster isn't as good as, you thought it was going to be um the payroll is bloated and high and now you have very few players to choose from um and it either means you're going to have to overspend which I don't think would be a problem with Yamamoto that would be a big problem with Bellinger or you're going to have to give up a lot in a trade you know and then that mortgages your future for what one year of Soto one year of Corbin Burns. Um, Uh, two years of Dylan cease now that all these teams are getting in on the mix. If, if the Yankees are even interested at all. So let's just hope the desperation doesn't finally overtake the Yankees front office.
2: Let's hope Uh, we'll see everybody on Monday at the winter meetings. We won't be there. We won't be there. Um, But people will be meeting. I want to, I saw today foolish baseball got his credential denied. And if foolish baseball got his credential denied, I feel like we probably will. That's off fair. He's a top content creator. Who cares if he writes for a, Old legacy publication or not. Um, but yeah, that's dumb. And that makes me think, like, eh, they're not going to take us either. But let's uh, try in the future, not Nashville, maybe another year. Um, some stuff's going to get done next week. We're going to be very available. We're going to be here. There's breaking news to talk about. Please come here. We're going to go live. We'll give you all you need. We might even be on the Baseball Insiders channel. I'm not sure. Um, I'm going to do a big long stream there with some friends. Robert Murray. Uh, our baseball insider will be at the winter meetings, but he is, uh, that guy does a lot of stuff. So shows are going to be at odd hours. And I think maybe on Tuesday, we're going to try to do some stuff without him there. So stay tuned, turn your notifications on here. Uh, subscribe to the Yanks go yard channel, subscribe to the baseball insider channel. If you haven't, you might see Thomas and I on that channel next week. Although it's a little bit up for grabs. Like I said, all hands on deck for the winter meetings. Um, but thanks so much for joining us in the comment section. Uh, you know, we're going to be probably talking about a Juan Soto trade till it goes down, but hopefully yeah. we get to talk about plenty of other stuff. I would love for the Yankees to even sign a low level guy so we can analyze something instead of just yelling back and forth about Drew Thorpe. Um, pitching prospects are made to be broken. So, you know, very sad, but I think he probably got to surrender Most of them, if you do want to get Juan Soto. Uh, A commenter in another thread actually made an interesting point when I was discounting Dominguez and saying, that you know, no way the trade includes somebody like that. Him and Verdugo kind of ranked similarly in the last prospect updates before the bets trade and this trade went down. That's interesting. Verdugo was in the, I think it was 26th, 31st in various lists, but Verdugo had some underwhelming play under him at the MLB level, plus off-field stuff. Lower ceiling than Dominguez. I think it's comparable but not perfect. And I still would not surrender Dominguez. And we're aligned. Um, but you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or right here, Mondays and Thursdays, two o'clock Eastern. Subscribe wherever you uh, aren't yet subscribed. We welcome you. Sleeper Daily Fantasy again is today's sponsor. I'm at Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter. You can tell me uh if you have an impression you want me to do that I haven't done on the show yet, let me know. I'll go ahead and try that out. I'll try to bring it on in the next show. I got I got range. So uh, I, I got an SNL audition tape if you guys haven't seen it. i um, sure you haven't. But let me know what you want me to do. John Mayer, Jack Johnson, and seriously, whatever. Um, at Adam Weiner on Twitter, Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you?
3: I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Thanks, guys, for chiming in today. Really great comment section. We love you all. Uh, We have a great time every time we are on this podcast. We're happy for your contributions. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got all the content there for you too. So um, when you don't want to listen to us talk, you can read what we're writing. Um, (laughs) We will see you next on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here. Have yourselves a good weekend. Gear up for those winter meetings. Get ready for a couple late nights next week because that's when the deals go down, baby. Have a good weekend. Yeah.
2: We never sleep. Um, Next week's going to be rough. We're going to be wishing that we slept. But... You can catch us on live on the air on this channel for sure at at times when you're probably not used to it. So, again, turn that bell on. We'll ring it and we'll see you next week.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,